Welcome to Workplace Week. Today's episode is really important for working gals. Uh, Fran Barrick is somebody that I just met through the PR grapevine, and she's doing some amazing work in coaching, specifically for um, helping um, people with their careers. And we were just talking about how we have both reinvented throughout um, our own past we're not going to name, name the number of years, but the past number of years. I, I come on, Donna. We're going to own those years. I, you know, hey, I'm 53 next week, and yeah, I've had a lot of different jobs, and mm. I think they have created who I am today and why I have so much to offer today. Mm. And I was looking back at your amazing career, and then now you're doing career coaching. So, I, I, I'm, I'm dying to ask you one question. And then I'm going to ask you some others that have been stacking up in my mind. Um, Spearmint Coaching. When I look at your website, it's so fresh and clean. I can think of so many reasons why Spearmint is a great metaphor to use. But mm. I want to know what inspired you to name your business Spearmint Coaching. Mm. You know, one of the hardest parts of launching my company um, and similar to the work that I do with clients, whether it's career coaching or leadership coaching, I'm quite meticulous and analytical and process focused. Yeah. And, you know, it was suggested to me, oh, it's, I started out actually just Fran Barrett coaching or Barrett coaching or the Barrett group. And I said, I felt like I needed something as I moved into this new uh, uh, portion of my professional journey yeah. that encapsulated why I, why I took this turn, why I've, I've, I've committed to this new focus, and that also represented my process and what uniquely I, I, I believe that I, I, I bring to clients. And that's how we came up with Spearman. It took four, it took four months. <laughs> it yeah. took four months. <laughs> and it took a team, right? You're working with people on your brand? Yeah. It, you know, I think some of, I think some of the best ideas professionally that I've ever had have been through collaboration. And I don't claim to own or know every great idea. Um, you know, I'm, I'm happy to give it up when I think someone else has a better one. And although I feel I've always been quite articulate about the things that I, I put out there in the professional space, sometimes you need an outside perspective to you know, an outside perspective, which is the reason why people have coaches to begin with, right. um, you know, is, it, can be invaluable, can be invaluable. Yeah, absolutely. Well, tell me what inspired you to use spearmint specifically. I'm thinking um, of the mint that grows in my garden. Yeah, you know, the idea is that it was loosely when I told people about my process for uh, career coaching and leadership coaching, it, it was fresh and different. And I don't want to call myself a disruptor because that's a big label to to, oh, to take it no just own it just own it we, we like to do things out of the box I, mean, I don't start at the point of the process where many and i'm only reflecting on the people who come to me and and where they're at in coaching and why i've started discussions with them is i go far beyond my, my process doesn't start with a resume and a linkedin profile yeah i my process starts with uh helping clients understand what their skills experience and motivations and values are yes rather than just packaging up whatever end result they are it's not a bunch it's not just a label on the back of a cookie box yeah um, and i found that most clients were stumped when articulating their own you know 
professional value proposition. So if you don't put that discovery piece before, before the marketing, it, it falls slightly flat. True. And then on the back end, once I have that, we have like, you know, that we can establish a goal. And after 25 years of, of organizational focus, performance-based focus roles, meaning how to deliver the, you know, the insights to get people to sell more and be more effective, that sort of insight helps, helps inform focus and goals. Um, the most, my, my firm belief that, that I think I bring to Spearmint and how I got to Spearmint was that um, the first step to achieving a goal is setting one. And many clients, when they come to me, have no, I, they can't, you know, I ask them the basic question, as I'm sure you do, Donna, is like, what will this look like when we're successful? Yeah. What will happen? And these are people who looking for jobs can't tell me. So, um, Isn't it amazing that they don't know what it looks like? No, they don't know. So that's where we start. And that's fresh and different. You're, we don't, I don't, yeah. In the picture. Exactly. I'm working with somebody on her transition strategy from current job mm. to new career. And right. she's also in yeah, the, um, you know, empty nest phase of life. Mm. So it's a really good reinvention time. Mm. And yeah, it can't, it can't start with the branding. It has to start with the heart. What were you? It has to, exactly. See now, you know, I feel that the, on the back end of that is that as someone who worked in sales and revenue production and, 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 and development for, for really the entire of my professional life, um, that sort of performance-based role, that marketing-led role, you know, is, is something that's exceedingly important. I, I am much more realistic about people's chances of getting jobs. So for example, if, you, if you're talking about women who are transitioning, I think that a woman who's 50 plus years old, probably one of her strongest skills that she'd probably be hesitant to use is her network. Yeah. Where a 22 year old is not going to have, they may have their parents network right. or a college network, but they're not going to have it. Yeah. And they haven't even thought about that. They're most likely to get hired by somebody who knows them and understands their inherent skills. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, and um, wouldn't you say that most really apt opportunities come from your network as opposed to just applying for something on LinkedIn? I mean, statistically, it's absolutely true. It's mm -hmm. like, you know, I think it's a one in 100 rate of even getting an opened email, an open online submission. Yeah. Uh, the return rate for... as if you look at some of my blog posts and what I put up on my website, it's all about understanding who your board of directors is. And I, and that's the informal word I look, I, I refer to for people who are stakeholders who have a professional vested interest or personal vested interest in your successful outcome and have offered wise counsel. And I formalize that on, on the sort of the back end of my process. Yeah. So my clients are, are looking to those people first, if nothing else to inform who they reach out to um, in terms of their network and to help sort of launch that process forward, as opposed to just blindly submitting uh, resumes online, um, exactly. which I find many young people are much more comfortable doing. Really? Well, yeah. There's an interesting trend with the younger generation, um, and we've got to be careful. I don't like to label the generation. Me either. Me my 22-year-old says, please don't label me. <laughs> but right. it, I get it. It seems like the younger set is um, not going to be patient with the same rules of engagement that we had when, when we were interviewing for jobs years ago. And they're much more likely to cultivate a path than just follow whatever 
next thing is presented to them in their current job. Are you, are you finding something similar to that? Um, I think, you know, yes and no. I, like I, I, again, I'm like yourself, I'm, I'm not big in, I, part of my leadership or career coaching practice is not involved how we talk to millennials, how we relate as 55 plus. I recently did a piece for AARP on how to dress and it's kind of like, as I was writing it, I was thinking, this is really the same thing I would say to you know, anyone. My 24 year old client is like, be right. your best authentic self, represent the culture, you know, be mindful of who you're talking to. Is it the top of the food chain, the bottom of, you know, who, you know, and I was writing it going, I mean, I'm happy to be writing for AARP. I know what a viable, important network that is, but quite frankly, I think this is, you know, relative to, to anyone. If I'm talking yeah. about body posture, eye contact, you know, dressing appropriately, how is that any different? It's not, um, different. it doesn't matter your age. Right, it doesn't matter your age. If you look at the numbers, if you look at the data, this is, you know, the job market of now is not the job market that we or our parents had, i.e. we're going to work in one corporate environment, we're, we're, we're hanging up our shingle, we're taking it down for the retirement, of course not. Yeah, it doesn't um, work that way. Companies don't keep people that long and people don't keep companies that long. No, I think now what I see as a super exciting trend on the corporate level is professional development. Yeah. You know, it really is, it's cheaper. I don't want to dumb this down, but it's cheaper to keep them. And it's expensive. Thank you. You know, that's my whole philosophy is uh, retention is putting companies at financial risk. You, you lose so much money when you lose a good employee. Absolutely. Why not do whatever you can? In fact, I just met with someone last night who said, if you can help me retain this employee and not have to fire him, I would be very grateful and I'll pay nicely for it. it it's so smart. Well, why, I have to ask though, so why was the employee going? Just as a matter of like... No, the employee's not going. The employee is failing and at risk. All right, got it. And um, this is why I like to, um, I like to consider myself the coach of the soul, come in and help see what's really going on. Because it's not just about behavior. Behavior is just a side product, a byproduct yeah. of something that's going on. And um, it, it, you know, companies are starting to realize that there is a whole person here. Right. And, and I, I always use this example to talk about what not to do because it still resonates with me so viscerally. I um, was working for a large global organization and they said, we're going to start an employee development program. And I said, yes, finally, because I feel like a racehorse behind the gate and no one's letting me run. And so my next one-on-one, -on -one, I said, I'm so excited for this development program. I can't wait. What's the process? How do we get started? And she said, well, I just want to make sure that you know, it's my job to develop you within the requirements of the job that you're in. So the job description that you have right now, that's, those are the constraints from which I'm developing you. And I went, oh, so you're, you're not going to give me a chance to try something outside of the box? Nope. <laughs> and so I'm working with another large global organization to develop their women's leadership program, specifically designing an opportunity for women to demonstrate skills that they cannot demonstrate in their current job. That's fascinating. So now why were they, were they losing women? Was the rate of attrition very high? Um, well, um, I wouldn't say that they have a retention problem right now, but it's definitely they're at an at-risk point. 
And um, you may not realize you're at risk until the fallout starts. But thankfully, I think enough people have vocalized their concern with management that their head of diversity and inclusion said, we're doing this. We're developing a women's leadership program. And I love that. I hope that it becomes epidemic. I hope we can replicate this all over the place. And it's not just women. There are all sorts of people who feel marginalized in the organization. Mm. Um, I think generally, you know, one of the people want to feel acknowledged, included, inclusive, you know, but they also want to, if I was making generalizations about generation differences is yes. I think that this generation wishes to keep learning. When I look at the 25 or 30 year old or 35 year olds that I'm coaching, one of their big beasts, why they are looking elsewhere is because they feel that they've come to a dead end. So that that embrace of transition, that embrace of change, you know, generally, you know, that's, it doesn't apply in in the cases that I'm dealing with. Yeah. They're they're willing to change. You know, they're willing, they're, they're eager to learn something new. Well, Um, yeah, the sad thing is, wouldn't it be great if their boss recognized that this is a valuable person to have on my staff? I want to give them a little bit of room to open up. See, I believe that if everybody had an extra day, Donna, between Tuesday and Wednesday, uh-huh. or Friday and Saturday, that could be development day. But the reality is that, I mean, most if you, if you talk to people in the corporate world, I'm sure you do all the time. It's like they're so frazzled to begin with. People are so happy when they're there in any of these, you know, performance-based like workshops or whatever. But to get them there can be really, really hard. Be hard. True. Well, and that's why the doing time. You know, I think it really needs to happen seamlessly yes. with, with within the work relationship. If I've done um, a couple of different engagements where I'm coaching managers to coach their teams. And that, oh, oh, and l- let me tell you something, that is worth every, every nickel a company invests because, yeah. and I, I'm sure like, well, I, you've probably been to more, you probably led more, but in the course of my professional y- years, I cannot tell you how many workshops that I was sent to. And as someone who's been committed to professional development, you know, I've picked up the threads and continued on my own. Yeah. But workshops don't make an ongoing coaching and professional improvement uh, uh, environment. They're one and done. The, yeah. the reason I was attracted to coaching was the, the you know, um, the understanding that results come from committed change but, yeah, mm-hmm. and, and the length of the program and, and to ongoing change. And um, that's kind of really what I dig about the coaching space is that it, it's not one and done. And I've done both. I've done lunch and learns about, you know, leadership and uh-huh. you know, very specific narrow targets as opposed to um, ongoing behavioral and professional development. And that's why it's my, um, really my commitment, the fresh new way <laughs> I'm trying yeah. to look at it in, a, in the corporate context is I want to come in and give you the skills to fish. You don't need to hire me. Absolutely. I want to teach you how to coach your team. I want you to teach you how to coach yourself. I love it that in Brendan Bouchard's um, High Performance Leader Journal, he asks you every day, if you were your own high-performance coach, what advice would you give yourself today? Isn't it amazing to get outside of our heads? Yeah. (laughs) And it's the hardest. You know, I do, when I think, and I'm, one of my big isms, one of my big sayings, you know, don't spend too long looking in the rearview mirror. I like to understand kind of what, why things sort of panned out that way. Yeah. And then I'm always about sort of adjusting the widget for improved performance. Exactly. It's for when, I, <laughs> when I, when I do look back occasionally, I always wonder if my, 
my professional career would have been different if I was coached. And I, I think it would have been a lot easier. <laughs> it uh-huh. would have been a lot more, you know, the whole process would have been more elevated in ter- as opposed to painful, you know, but. Um, True, yes, I know. You know there's just a lack of uh, coaching and some of that mentoring kind of happens naturally in, in some yeah. organizations. I'm supporting this organization in Colorado Springs that has a scholarship for the, um, you know, not so usual student, somebody who stayed home with their kids for years and then their husband died and they need to go back to work. You know, they're different. I love that. Yeah. And so this program funds scholarships for these women and also matches them with mentors in the community. I, I heard, I, I heard you interview someone, I guess, perhaps one of the recent speakers or guests at, at, at I guess, the fundraising. Yeah, exactly. And I think if we all had a mindset to look for opportunities to help other people rise and, you know, if we see somebody who's exhibiting some kind of toxic behavior, it's usually because there's some stuff going on in their life. So Mm. we could, pretend we don't see it like we're being nice or we can say what's going on what can I help you with right right yeah no I think you're quite right (laughs) it would be be, again that would require you know people mindfully being in the moment as opposed sort of just scratching things off their to-do list Mm -hmm. and many many people in the workplace are in such a rush I mean in the last year, in 2019, I had two leadership engagements. So really the objective, quite frankly, for both of these mid, mid-career professionals was yeah. listening, was listening. They needed to improve their listening skills. Yeah. That would require time, as I said to me. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> well, it just requires presence. And yet mm-hmm. that time actually makes itself up. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's amazing. So... Who is the client that comes to you? Who is that, that person who um, can't deny picking up the phone? Right. I, I, my, my business since, well, since I launched Pyramid about two years ago, my business has seemed to have grown in twofold. Um, I have developed a kind of a natural from the, uh, from the talent development, HR people, you know, contacts network that I knew, um, have developed a leadership coaching practice, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, I'm super committed to that area of organizational development and, and, and professional performance. Spearmint was really launched because what ended up happening is, I, you know, I've been known in my, as part of my, I guess, my, my personal and professional brand as being a mentor, as offering wise counsel. And since I've been about 25 years old and leading a small team in my first uh, sales role ever, um, I've always, I've always been that sort of, um, uh, you know, the pace car in the room. And uh, when I got to the end of my corporate roles, uh, what ended up, really what ended up happening quite organically was I ended up with a number of, of friends of uh, mine with, with, with young professionals, uh, either career launch or mid-20s who had made a wrong left or a wrong right, and who were just saying, Fran, could you just, could you just, could you just speak with them? Could you just coach them? Could you just help with their resume? Could you... So finally to the point, I, it was literally, I did half a dozen of these engagements and I finally was like, I can, but I have to charge you <laughs> and we have to, we have to adhere to my process here because, yeah. you know, I can't just redo your daughter's resume. This has to start somewhere and end somewhere. And yeah. that's yeah. how experiment was born. And, um, I, you know, I really enjoy them both. I really enjoy the, the you know, the corporate work, which is also then led 
to outplacement um, and offloading work, which I have to say, many coaches do not enjoy doing, and I absolutely find an incredible amount of reward in it, making the process of, of, of career transition on the corporate level sort of elevated and successful, um, and uh, people are excited about change as opposed to dreading it. So. I love that you said that, Fran, because I just wrote an article on LinkedIn that separation mm -hmm. can be a happy thing. And statistically it is, you can, there are so many stats, honestly, Donna, that show that people, when you look at, and I, I literally, the first time I go in and I talk to people, I will say, you know, like 75% of the world say it was like the best decision they ever made to go. Or if it's not their decision, it was still a great decision. Um, and it's it, on the other side to be, there is. It, it's absolutely true. It's absolutely true. Yeah. So. I'm with you. I, uh, I have had people look at me and say, are you sure you want to do outplacement coaching? Why? <laughs> because that's where people are in reinvention. That's yeah. where it's, my it's all, it, it, I feel that there's such a similar thread. It, it started with one corporate client that said that had that I'd done a leadership engagement for, and then she saw my website. She had not even looked at, at Spearman, and she was like, Fran, could you do kind of like an elevated outplacement program for for us based on the Spearman process? And um, it, it's been it's been successful, and uh, you know, I. I it is perhaps not for every organization, but I really start, as I said, with sort of that discovery phase. We, we make sure that, you know, people understand where they are right now so we know where they want to go. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love that. It sounds, we are like-minded. Um, so much fun to, to meet you and get to know somebody <laughs> who's like a um, sister from another mother. <laughs> What we want to do. Well, world. I love, sorry, I, you wrote, Donna, you wrote the piece on what, I don't know, it was similarities between wine and, and leadership uh -huh. about finesse. And I was like, I was reading this article, I was reading the piece and I was like, I love this. I, yes. love, all, I love all the language around it. <laughs> well, and I'm convinced that there is a market for my um, women's leadership wine and yoga retreats because there are people who like you who say, yeah, I'm in. <laughs> I live in that place and I, I can close my eyes and I can smell the wine and I can feel the breeze in the vineyard. Yeah. I mean, but the, the metaphor is truly rich. So yeah, we're going to have to, uh, we're going to fix that. We're going to have to get you the whole story. It's fun and yeah. such a good time. I um, bring in this expert um, master of wine. who's so sick and smart. It, amazing. Where have, you, where have you done them? Have you done them in Colorado Springs or you do the mountain? You know, I've just started last year and they were both in Colorado Springs. One of them was in a rented VRBO um, just so we have a controlled environment for a partially private team. And then the second one was at the Garden of the Gods Resort. So I'm starting to find different um, resorts around the world where they have some kind of a wellness center adjacent right. to the resort so that you're really getting that full experience of taking care of yourself. And we had a, at the, the one at the Garden of the Gods Resort last November, the head of uh, women's health at the Strata Wellness Center came in and talked to us about hormones and all the things we need to be looking out for. Right. And I just loved how holistic the experience was. I, I only wish I, that she would have stayed for the yoga class and the wine tasting. <laughs> Not in that order. Because <laughs> um, it's, it's amazing when you when you stop to take a look at how much better your whole life is when everything's working, <laughs> then the wine tastes better, you know, and everything. Right. And right. I think, I think it's, uh, it's like a lot of what I've, I've seen that you've written about is about a more holistic approach to one's life. And I, I do think 
that at some it's important at any age. I do think it's especially important for women at my age, yeah. quite frankly, to, to, to take a look at them. Well, and I think um, my daughters are proof that when you grow up with that um, training in your mind, mm. they've found um, tremendous benefit. My 20-year-old in college um, tells me all the time how much better she feels when she chooses to eat differently for dinner. Right. No, yeah, oh. and I, I have a same. I have a freshman in college who at this yep. point when she calls me and tells me she's like in a in a negative space, she can answer her own questions. Like, okay, I'm going to work out now. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then one time my 16 year old was coaching me in the car. I yeah. was having a really hard day and she said, mom, I want to remind you what you told my older sister last week on the phone. <laughs> I, I, lo I love when they do. No, I call, I call my daughter, my reverse mentor. I'm, I'm excuse me. Now I'm going to call my reverse mentor. She's going to, you know, and, um, yeah, it is really gratifying when I when I watch for my for my kids. I mean, this is one of the the big reasons that I that I sort of left the world of of you know the the corporate life and moved into career coaching is that sort of the um, the way I felt when a um, so a colleague had achieved something that was a personal goal or ambition from them far exceeded you know the last the last ad spend from from a major corporate client you know I, the the way i felt about my team's achievements or the group's achievements or my colleagues achievements far exceeded how i felt about the actual revenue goal that yeah. was when i knew it was time to move on yeah. <laughs> exactly yeah same yeah well so much fun um so much fun to have this conversation i don't mm -hmm. want to stop but we'll have to continue another time um, but I have to ask you the super million dollar most. No, I was waiting for it. <laughs> you have a bottle right there to show. No, me? I, you know what? It's I'm an I'm an I'm an hour later, but I felt like if I want to keep my wits about me, that you know I <laughs> I shouldn't start quite yet. You should start drinking right now. But no, right. But I don't. The thing is, you know, I was thinking about, you know, what I would say when you said, "What is your favorite?" I, there's a great guy. I'm putting in a little tiny plug. For Greg at Horseneck Liquor here in Greenwich, Connecticut. Uh -huh. I'm a real wine adventurer, and I, wherever I go, we travel a hell of a lot. And wherever I go, I like to try what's new. Uh -huh. um, and uh, so, for uh, right now, he just sent me something that I'm just I'm going to look down briefly so I remember the name. And I put it. It's Ceritas, which is a Sonoma brand. It is a small batch, biodynamic. Uh, they're, they're well known. Uh, evidently, he, the winemaker, like started in his garage, a guy named John uh, Raycheck. And anyway, it's huh. wonderful. But I, I was thinking about really how, you know, I'm, I'm not a creature of habit that way. It's, you know, I actually enjoy, the, you know, having like a fresh new approach, like just send me whatever you want to put in the case and I'll try it. <laughs> Well, I have a guy here who will just give you a mixed case. It's kind of like yeah. a surprise every day, Christmas every day. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So that, okay. So, um, Ceritas and it's in, it's a California. It, it, it's a California. They're known for their Chardonnays. They do single, like non-blend single vine single Chardonnay, vine. and also known for, um, their Pinots. I'm not a fan of Pinot Noir, a little too light for me. Um, but they're known for the short full-bodied wine, but I found I, it, you know, to me, it's like almost why bother? This is, this doesn't taste like anything to me. Well, um, you know, I just interviewed a gal who, um, has been in the wine industry for 12 years and she likes the lighter, like Gamay Beaujolais and the Grenache. 
Um, and I'm trying to just respect that. And I'm wondering, well, it doesn't need to change anything about my life. No, <laughs> they, but like that's different courses for different horses. That's why, you know, that's, that's why it's all out there. But it's, yep. good to, it's good to know what you like. It's, it's, it's an awful, you know, it's an awfully, awfully expensive kind of like waste of a bottle of wine, you know, to, oh, that, I knew I didn't like that, you know. Um, well, I know, that's why I only want to open the ones I really, ooh, really like. Well, I lost, I Donna, I lost the audio. Oh, really? There you go, it came back. I have you. I don't know what happened. It said um, my internet connection is unstable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry about like that. I didn't have to talk. Well, I, um, I'm going to look that up and I'll post that in my wine palace on Pinterest. Mm. I, I have my wine palace. So when you're shopping, you'll have some labels to shop from. That, that's terrific. That's yeah. great. It's a lot of fun. Well, and if I ever get out to Connecticut, I am taking my daughter on college search trips out east. So, oh, hey, if you're in the area, I would I will invite you for the glass of wine with okay. pleasure. Okay. 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 Thanks so much, Fran. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Pleasure. Bye. Bye. <clears throat> I hope you're enjoying Women's Month at Women, Wine, and Leadership, where we're giving you a seat at happy hour with some extraordinary women making history today. I just want you to know you're not alone. I hope you're finding the strategies you need to live your own life by design. If you're finding this podcast helpful, would you do me a favor? Hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and rate us. That's how we know what's working. And stay in touch with us through all the usual places. Just search 360 Life Strategies or Donna Carlson 360, wherever you hang out. But if you want real conversation with women like you and me, come visit the Women on the Grapevine group on Facebook or LinkedIn so we can get to know you and make some history together. Until next time. <laughs>